What is up, everyone? And if you like sports, and if you like Browns football in particular, then sit back and relax. Get ready for an awesome episode with the one and only Tony Grossi, former Cleveland Plain Dealer, uh, Cleveland Browns beat writer, now currently with ESPN Cleveland, has been covering the Browns for like 35 years. I, I joke. I am not joking. I kid you not. This man has been covering this team more than anyone else for the longer period of time. I don't know a, a single journalist, writer, media person that's stuck with a team like this. Tony Grossi is stuck with the Cleveland Browns. And if there's one man, like I tell him several times throughout the podcast, if there's one man who deserves a Super Bowl, it's none other than my next guest, the one and only Tony Grossi. So, uh, yeah, like I was just starting to ask you, so you, you actually have your own podcast now, too, I saw. I do. You know, we started a uh, subscription service uh, called The Land on Demand, where people pay for something extra. And uh, it is on the, uh, uh, it's called 100 Years Pod, because it's kind of my, 100 Years War is kind of my brand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, someone dubbed me a long time ago the beat writer for the 100 Years War. This is like 30 <laughs> years ago when the Browns were good. Um, and so I've kind of played off of that, and it's it's really become a hundred years war. Yeah. In the meantime, I got to tell you, man, I, I was thinking about this as you were coming on. And I'm thinking, there is not a single human being alive who deserves a title, <laughs> a Browns championship, more than you. I mean, there's not a single person I, I can think of that's been more enthralled with Browns football. No. Since what, well, the early 80s? 1984 was my first year covering for the Plain Dealer. That and I, is so and I crazy. took over in the second game of the season. So I kind of count 1985, the, the dawning of the Bernie Kosar era, uh-huh. as my liftoff. Okay. And five years in a row, made the playoffs, uh, three division titles. And I thought, man, this is the greatest job in the history of the world. <laughs> and, that was the glory days. That yeah. Was, and even know. though every year ended in a heartbreak, uh, I've learned to appreciate the fact that when you're in there with a chance, it's so much more invigorating. So much different, right? Yeah, it's just invigorating compared to what it turned out to be. So how did you go? You went to OU. Yep. How did you go from OU to the uh, the Browns position? How did that come about? Well, I was I, I was uh, lucky, uh, right place at the right time. Since I'm a Cleveland native, um, most of my uh, con- peers at, at OU leaving journalism school had to start out at a smaller newspaper mm-hmm. or any beginning job you can. Some didn't even start newspapers who are right. done. But, um, and I'm at my hometown paper, the, the Plain Dealer at the time, and uh, they were expanding. They started a new sports section, like a Sports Monday. It was, it was when newspapers started uh, almost making a, a, a larger sports section on Monday. I mean, those were the days, right? And the newsprint was was flying off the mm-hmm. shelf. So they, mm-hmm. they created an opening, and I was able to start right at the Plain Dealer. I had interned at the Plain Dealer uh, sure. after my junior year. Right. So um, uh, it was just the right just place luck. at the right time. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah. Did you go off to Ohio? Oh, you thinking you wanted to get into sports or yeah. journalism? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, wow. That's all I always wanted to do. I mean, my brother and I, my brother's two years older when we were growing up. We would literally race to the front door to mm. get the sports page. Really? Right. Every morning. I mean, whoever woke up first, they wanted to be the first one. I, and, and my heroes were the writers, mm-hmm. not the not so much the Indians or the Browns or the Cavaliers. You wanted to see what the fine print was saying. You didn't really care as much about the— Yeah, uh, I just loved reading and writing about sports. And I love sports, but— uh, so that's how it started, and, and uh, I always wanted to do that after that. So you uh, came into the Plain Dealer in 84? Well, I started covering the Browns in 84. I actually was hired in 1980. Uh, my internship was actually my internship was actually after I had graduated. Most people have an internship between their junior and senior years. I couldn't even get one then, so, but I, one opened up after uh, I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, like an interim period where I was part-time for a while. And then that break occurred where they may be full-time. So you come in in 84. Is that when you became the official beat writer, quote-unquote? Yeah. I was going a to be, I, What's a beat writer? A that, beat writer? Well, that's someone who covers the team day-to-day and, tr- and chases injuries and, and You're like the guy. Contracts. The guy. You're the guy yeah, you're the, the pulse. team. You you're take the pulse, the pulse of the team, of the team yeah. every day. And, and every team has a beat writer. Is that yeah, fair to say? In a major, yeah. major market, yeah. yeah. 
So you come in in 84, mid-80s. This is the burnt, like you said, Kozar era. Mm-hmm. Going back to Webster Slaughter. Yeah. I, mean, I was a young kid at this time. And I remember, <laughs> like, this team's amazing, man. Yeah. Well, you, you know? know, remember 1984 was the year San Martigliano got fired at midseason. They were 1-7. and seven. Uh-huh. And I had just come back from covering the Olympics in, in L.A. Oh, okay. For, like, three weeks. And uh, that, that was a long, uh, grueling assignment for me at the time. I'm, like, 20... Uh, 27 years old. Right. And uh, so I come back, and the plane dealer knew I wanted to cover the Browns, but they had to assign someone else to the job. But when I came back, they said, uh, you still want to cover the Browns? They said, yeah, absolutely. So first game after three weeks in L.A., the first game is against the L.A. Rams. So I literally changed, <laughs> empty my bags out after <laughs> three weeks. I'm single at the time, so it didn't matter. And I turned back and go right back out to the West Coast. No kidding. Yeah, I, yeah. And I was I was drained. Oh my gosh, man! And, and you haven't looked back since. I mean, you've literally been covering this team yeah. every step of the way, yeah. um, except well, even except the three they years they were off. I, I I would cover the story of the return of the Browns. I was going to ask you, what do you do in that time period? I, well, yeah. actually, it was really beneficial to me because. Uh, at the time, the plane dealer wanted to maintain an NFL presence in the newspaper. Uh, we didn't know immediately that the Browns would have a team back, mm-hmm. but we were still pursuing that story. So I would go to a different uh, game every week for pretty much three years, three seasons. Uh, and then, they, you know, write a story, a big, long story to set it up. And would you just pick a random team? And uh, it, would, it would depend on the story for, for, for the first part. Of, you know, after the Browns left, there would be stories, the aftermath of the Browns leaving. And I was at the Baltimore Ravens' first game ever. Oh, Baltimore. I'm sure. Was, I'm sure that had to be that was, sick. You had to be oh, sick. That was, had, what was that, 98, 99? What was 96. What? 96 it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 96. So you'd been recovering this team for well over a decade now uh, at that point. But, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. Were you thinking to yourself, holy shit, this might – this might affect my career. I would yeah. imagine at that time. No, You're going, not, nobody knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, mo- remember, mo- well, most people felt you know, that's the end of pro football in Cleveland. Yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. no guarantee. Were you? What was that night, that day like when Modell announced that? For oh, you? that was, for you was personally. There. That was that was a. You were there. It was in the in the parking lot of uh, well, where the football stadium stands now mm-hmm. was a big, huge parking lot behind Camden Yards, and they had set up this giant stage. And uh, uh, it was a big event for Maryland. And all of a sudden, you see this motorcade coming in. And there's the governor, the mayor, this guy, that guy. And then there's Modell. And uh, uh, and uh, Al Lerner was part of that day. Uh-huh. And that uh, so they, they go on the, this big makeshift stage uh, outside. And it was, uh, uh, it was uh, in October. And it was still a beautiful day in Baltimore. But... Uh, it was a terrible day for anyone. Oh, my God, man. You, know, and you actually had to go there on assignment to see what, you know, yeah, to cover the I was there with thing. a bunch of uh, other writers, plane, uh, plane dealer, political writers, this right. and that. And uh, it was sickening to, to sit there and oh see that God, uh, governor of Maryland waving, uh, we have a signed contract, the Browns. Right. Are, and, and, you know, at the time, they were going to call them the Baltimore Browns. Really? Yeah. And and, and, you, and everyone's going. No, wait a second! Yeah. Don't step on us when we're down. Well, they talk. They, they, they talk Modell out. The Baltimore people said you can't <laughs> do that. Crowds. And then the league, you know, they did this big uh, uh, deal, and, and so the name was left behind. And, which I thought was the right thing to do. Could you imagine, like the uh, like the New England Patriots go, moved yeah. to Columbus, well, Ohio? They, they the Columbus almost, Patriots. Could you imagine the, the, what Boston would be saying? They, they almost moved to Hartford, Connecticut. Did I they? Bob Kraft pulled the power play there to yeah. get his stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. fixed. So that was the era, you know. It was stadium free agency. Jeez, franchise man. free agency. And you know, people don't. Well, there's a lot of people that are list, that will listen to this that don't even know the glory, the true glory days, like you do those yeah. '80s, early '90s. What were some of your favorite moments from those? Because before, before they left, you were covering a team that was on the verge of going to the championship several times, right? Well, yeah. and they, um, Just before they left, they made the playoffs in 94. That was Bill Belichick's fourth year. Oh, okay. Right, as coach. Wow. And they still hold the franchise record for fewest points allowed in a 16-game season. That defense. That was that season. Yeah. Wow. Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback. Yeah. That's the last Cleveland team to was win that Metcalf? a playoff Was game. that Eric Metcalf? Who was he on was still on that team, but it was basically a defensive-led team. Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up beating Parcells 
and the uh, Patriots in the playoff game in Cleveland. Wow. Um, wow. And that was the last playoff game the Browns have won. That was it, So huh? that was 94. That's is that sad? Years. That, that is, is terrible. freaking crazy, man. That's terrible. That is yeah. crazy. I, like, I, I'm telling you, any, you, there is not a human being alive. That has recovered a team yeah. without winning it like you have, man. There's no, there's no. I don't and, care and if the owner of, of this team doesn't deserve I, a title like you do. On, t- I on top of you. that, that was the most <laughs> unloved Cleveland playoff team because it was still the fallout from cutting Bernie Kosar the year before. So Belichick oh. not only lived to 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 tell about that, he thrived off of it. I mean, he this, did. That was this, his. This, that's this what was he was known for. Yeah. This was the beginning of Belichick. So he makes yeah, the playoffs yeah. the next year, and they beat his mentor, uh, uh, Bill Parcells, right? Who was a legend in football. Yeah. yeah. And Drew Bledsoe was in his prime. They beat they beat the Patriots, and and still you couldn't. You couldn't – half of the Cleveland – Cleveland was so polarized that year yeah. because of the, the fallout of the Kozar, you know, who was oh iconic. He, he was, was the still guy. so he was popular. Yeah. He was like our Tom Brady, I yeah. mean, at that time, yeah. you know. So you couldn't, you couldn't really enjoy that. For, it, it turned out to be a, the defensive – one of the greatest defensive teams in Browns Was history. Clay Matthews still on that team or was that past he – was No, that. he had left – Belichick had left uh, – let him go to Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. so Who the, led that team on defense? Uh, he had his uh, old giants. He had uh, Carl Banks. Oh, he had yeah. Pepper Johnson playing linebacker. He had Don Griffin, a cornerback, veteran cornerback. Uh, that team was put together by ex-Giants, right, basically. Right, right. And, uh, you know, to carry the Belichick way through. And, Jeez, and back man. then, Belichick was not a great drafter either. Mm. And was they, Eric Turner on that team? The late he Eric was. Yeah. yeah. And he had a fantastic year. That was his his great year. That could have been an MVP year mm-hmm. for a safety. One of the best safeties I've ever seen play. Yeah. Just killing people and over the middle. Just yeah, tough guy. It's a, man. It's a shame. Uh, but he was he had an unbelievable year that year. I mean, how many safeties really have that kind of right, impact, that kind on, of impact. A, on a season? Yeah. Like, uh, Who Palomalu. would you relate him to today? Like a Palomalu? Or? Well, as far as impact goes, I mean, in, in the defense, I would. He was a different player. He was, yeah. But, but uh, he was a hitter, and he was an interceptor. So he was like an all-around safety who just – he was a bad uh, dude, the man. Game. Anyone yeah. that does, doesn't know who we're talking about, go look Eric yeah. Turner highlights. Yeah. He was he a ended up tough passing dude. away prematurely because of a um, uh, disease. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was Belichick's first draft pick in 1991. Oh, and, really? And by 1994, he was a MVP type yeah, defensive player so to your candidate. He was yeah. so tough for us. But you, you, what were your glory? So before before you got to the the unfortunate '96. What were some of the best times for you? Well, it was definitely um, started with the Kosar era because there was so much electricity generated by, I mean, he was big time uh, college quarterback who had just slayed Nebraska in the 1983 championship game. And he was a redshirt freshman. uh, And I had never heard of Bernie Kosar. Mm. And he played in uh, Boardman. Right, 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 right. right. So so he ends up uh, with Miami – uh, uh, doing something that Jim Kelly hadn't done, and, and, and any of the great Miami quarterbacks to that point hadn't done. Wins a national mythical at the time, right? There's no playoff, and he announces uh, that he wants to play in Cleveland uh, the Did following he? year. He actually said yeah. that, huh? Yeah, mm. yeah, because he was that sought after that, and everyone said, "Why would you play there? That's ridiculous." So anyway, the excitement of him that he generated by being one of our own and sure. being uh, at the top of the you know, college quarterback heap, um, that era then and the immediate success the Browns had, Marty Schottenheimer's the coach, five playoffs in five years. And, and at the time, my, my favorite memories of, of those years, you know, at the time the Browns didn't have, they didn't have an indoor practice facility. Yeah. And here they are playing games in January, right? So That's where are they so going to practice? Yeah. They went down to Florida to practice for their first playoff game in '85. We spent really? like a week in Dodger Town in Vero Beach. Oh my God! To train for this. What a different time! And that was so. I mean, it, it, you know, you were you. We were literally were living with the players for a week uh-huh. preparing for a playoff game, right? Because they're like which would never happen barracks. today, right? They yeah. Never, yeah, yeah. Dor- Dodger Town is like used to be their spring training home, but it, they were like barracks. And um, uh, it was right around New Year's Eve, and it was just so exciting. Uh, and year after year, awesome. and everyone remembers the heartbreak, the way they oh, all yeah. ended those D- Denver games. But to me, my memories are more like the excitement generated by that team 
people hung on every word I wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the players were just branching out into having their own radio shows and Monday night shows. There was shows. no such thing as this this internet thing. Internet, this is way no. before any of that kind Social of stuff. Social media, man. and that it was, was really, uh, at the time, ESPN was just starting to become popular. Okay, too. yeah. But it was an exciting time, and it's never approached I mean, I that. remember being a kid, because I was, I mean, I'm like in my Where single digits. I was born in 81. I was born okay. as you were starting to cover this team. So you don't even remember any of the Denver games, really, do you? I, I remember little hints. Of, I remember the fumble. I remember okay. the fumble. I don't remember all the details of the game, mm-hmm. like, obviously. Um, but I remember those feelings being a little kid. You know, six, seven years old, I started becoming a fan. I was probably, like, 86, no. 87. I started remembering, like, the – we played uh, – I think we played the Bills in a playoff game in the mid to late 80s, yeah. and, and we it's lost that game, game, right? We lost that. Well, they put, they beat uh, Buffalo in a, in a tremendous game. They beat Kelly uh, uh, on an interception by Clay Matthews yes. at the goal line. Yes, on, yes, like, the last yes. play of the game. After, what, after a Buffalo player had dropped a touchdown pass the, ga- the play before, which would have won the game. Wow. And that was yeah. uh, uh, one of those games that took them to – uh, to meet Denver in the championship game. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe I was thinking of Buffalo losing a big game because I was a Buffalo fan too. But that you're right. It was that. It was yeah. that interception. That, but I remember those feelings. That, that as a was kid. the last one of the trilogy. That, that was the last game. So that would have been '89, uh, the game I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Because after that, then Buffalo went on to win four AFC championships oh, okay. in a row. Right. And, and that was that was actually the game Nate where Marv Levy uh, created the. What would be Marv the red Levy. gun? Jeez, I forgot red, about what him. What they, they call it? The red gun, or uh, it was the Jim K gun, the Kelly oh, offense. the Kelly gun. Because yeah. he spent the whole second half, yeah, just uh, just winging it, yeah. shotgun winging it, right. winging it, uh, because they were down so much. Well, Don't you feel like that was like really the golden era of football, of man? I remember it's those games like they were just better I can't than even you tell you the last sixteen <laughs> games we just the last thirty-one, the last forty-eight, oh, the four and forty-four, man. the last forty-eight. I can't. remember What you have any of seen, those. you have seen more quarterbacks. Backs in, in, in like a twenty-year span, than than most like you, you add up all the franchises in our division. You probably haven't seen that many in the same span. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah, it's and, and, and you have to keep staying focused every single year, every week. You're following a team that has been nothing but, I mean, pathetic, pathetic over the last twenty. I'll say, I'll say pathetic. You could say historically bad because you work, you know. But I mean, it's been as, as a, I don't even know how people fans have continued to support them, man. And no. I just give you so much it's credit. Of the, I give you so the much great credit. writing and talking to hear. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just shows you what kind of football town Cleveland is. Oh, we and, are, man. And it's basically uh, parents telling their kids, "You'll wait, just wait till you see what I saw, and you'll feel." People it. say to me when I go out of town, like, "Oh, especially it was like after the Cavs had won the championship, like that year, I'd be traveling and." Where are you from, Cleveland? Oh, you guys, you know, you know. I go, it's great, but the the level of interest if the Browns were to win, you know, because everyone's bashing the Browns everywhere you go. Yeah. Oh, Cleveland, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I said if the Browns won a, a Super Bowl, it would you wouldn't even know the Cavs existed. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a blue collar town. Really, man. I've always said they just need to get to the Super Bowl because just that's like a one week. That's a like win. a two week celebration because there's a that's week it. before <laughs> the game where you revel in being in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then you know by the time when the game's over, uh, you know it's the end. Uh, if you win, it lingers. Like of course. the Eagles are lingering now. Of course, but but believe me, having been fortunate enough to be, to been to like 31 of the last 32 Super Bowls uh, just being in that game oh. is is most of the fun what would you how do you think you'd react if the Browns won a Super Bowl I'd be in coronary the next day. <laughs> I'd have I'd have a I'd take a reservation <laughs> doctor I'll be in I get home about 4 p.m. So if the Browns get to the playoffs, people should start putting a little life insurance policies on Tony over here. Because yeah. uh, uh, that, that would be uh, tremendous. Because I, I just, you know, again, the city would be so electrifying. Uh, and I don't even think they would need to win it. But but that I would be, agree with you. I agree. Just even getting there, yeah. people would be, there'd be a parade for sure. Yeah. There'd be a parade if they got there. Yeah. Some kind of parade. It's, it's different than baseball. And, and I really enjoy the Indians' Uh, last two years immensely, and and the Cavs, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a different degree. Yeah, you got to be here in Cleveland to understand yeah. it, man. It's a, 
And the fans are still so loyal. These people yeah. will go down to the stadium. They're there at 10 in the morning, 9 in the morning tailgating. And uh, they get home at, you know, 5, 6 o'clock at night after a long day. And they just – they're, And they're pissed <laughs> they're off mad. every Sunday. It's like, you know, they I get know. home. They're upset. And, and what do they do? Lo and behold, two weeks later, whatever the team's back home, maybe it's the next week. They're back out there again, yeah. man. These are loyal people. These are major. These these have to be some of the best fans in all of football. They they are, um, but they have to be rewarded. I mean, the the, the Browns franchise is, is just playing with fire because I, there's uh, generations now. Yeah, you're, you're one of them, and then your kids' generation is the yeah. next one that doesn't know what the fuss is. It's right. Too much. What's, about, what's all this about yeah. this team that can't I mean, win? I, yeah. I have kids thirteen and eleven, mm-hmm. and and. They don't. They can't get through a Browns game because it's well, nothing think but about bad news. Thirteen years in a row, your son is it? Your, your yeah, kids don't. Yeah, son, your son doesn't understand. Like what the hell, man? I know. I they, they haven't won more than I, how many games have they won collectively? Maybe four games a year. <laughs> I mean, they've yeah. won what, what? What? Fifty games in in thirteen years? You yeah. know, I'm just give yeah. or take. Well, they've won four in the last three years. Okay, so it's probably even less than fifty. I mean, yeah. all, and I, and they made the playoffs one time, I think, in that time span against 2002. Pittsburgh, and they should have won that game too. Yeah. They blew yeah. that game in the fourth quarter. Yep, yep. That it's was just, that was uh, against Pittsburgh. So, what do you attribute all that to? What do you attribute a, a franchise that it hasn't been able to just to be consistently losing? What do you, what do you contribute that to? Um, I believe it always starts at the top, mm-hmm. and we're talking about two different owners, Randy Lerner, and now uh, Jimmy Haslam. Uh, I don't think any of this would have happened, Nate, if Mister Mister Lerner had not passed away. I don't think he would have tolerated uh, losing. In fact, the Browns made the playoffs in the fourth year of their expansion existence. That's hard to do, especially under when Al Lerner's uh, ownership. That's right. Okay. They they made the playoffs in the fourth year, and although they kind of locked into it and backed into it, um, they were on a steady progression up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he passed away, things changed, and they've never recovered from it. And that was. He passed away. His son took over, and then there was just a lot of misdirection within the organization. Yeah. It seemed like. They didn't know what they wanted to do. A lot of disagreement, turnover. dissension, turnover. You know, every year there's a new coach, there's new yep. personnel. Uh, to and me, failure to find a quarterback. Well, that's that's clearly number one. I mean, when it that, comes to the players, you know, prior to Bernie Kosar, the Browns were in a deep slump for, uh-huh. for several years in in the late '70s, early '80s. Uh, they had the, the the cardiac kids of 1980, and and that's because Brian Sipe turned into. Mm-hmm. A miracle performer, right? And then after that faded, uh, it was only because they, you know, found Kosar to regenerate the uh, franchise, and that hasn't happened again since. That's just—it's so crazy. But I mean, I, I thought we've had some decent quarterback opportunity. Like, well, Derek Anderson did well for us for one a little year. bit, one year. Yeah. Um, and, and and I thought Hoyer was doing a decent mm-hmm. job for us, right? I mean, he yeah. was winning games, and then all of a sudden they pulled him. Yeah. I, I well, they were a game and a half out of first place with three games to go. And they pulled the guy who had gotten them that far. He he was slumping. He he was obviously uh, uh, sliding down a grease pole at that point. But still, to put you know Johnny Manziel went in there, and right. we know what happened. It was a That's terrific just... bomb. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and the the reason the Browns were exciting that year is because uh, the quarterback got hot. Right. I mean, Hoyer isn't a franchise quarterback, but he was playing well enough for them to win. And it was, everything was changing. So uh, this early 2000s, going back to the, now, the, the, like you said, the team had one win or uh, one playoff appearance four years after the expansion. So 2000, right, give or take? 2002. 2002, okay. And uh, and they get to the playoffs. And things are starting to change, too, in the in the industry now, right, because the Internet's coming along. The Internet's really making us – people are starting to understand. And then the social media thing comes in. And I'd imagine social media has changed – all of journalism, not just sports, obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, t- talk about a little bit about what the the social media has done. Is it has it hurt the business, or how has it impacted the business? Well, it's helped the consumer of sports news mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, there's more content and it's around the clock. You know, it used to be when I covered when when I covered the Browns as a beat writer for a newspaper. If I knew something, if I if I had a story at 4 p.m. That story would be quiet until oh, the newspaper yeah. arrived on your doorstep yeah. at what seven a.m. That right? was your story, and your story only. Yeah. only. that and was you, it. And you you, yeah. you you cross your fingers, hoping that no one else knows about it. If, right. if you know the, the occasions you had, what you thought was a big story. 
Nowadays, you got to get that thing out so quick. Oh, I mean, you tweet it, then you write it, then you post it, then you do this and that, uh, and and then starts another news cycle right after that. So it, instead of having only one deadline, the whole day is a deadline, really. Oh, my god! One hour after man. another. You can uh, never really just check out. No. You can never check out. No. Well, my, my job now is a little different in that I'm not considered a beat writer, so I don't have to chase every little news item of... You know, an injury. Who's that? Mary Kay now? Is she well, Mary Kay Cabot is the beat writer for the uh, Cleveland.com or okay. the Plain Dealer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and now I'm with WKNR and ESPN sure. Cleveland. And as much I talk about the Browns as much as I write about them. Okay. So it's a little different uh, uh, gig, um, and it's it's more analytical than than just straight reporting. So are you are you in the locker room every Sunday? Yeah. You know. Every every day, I go wherever they go. I go to every game. I go uh, to most every practice. Sometimes I'm in the studio for like on Fridays, but I'm I'm still there. That part of my job hasn't changed. Okay, I'm taking the pulse of the team every day. I'm I'm just I'm just sending it. You're out. using I'm these different, different mediums yeah, now because yeah. uh, that's the where it is. Yeah, what? radio, Twitter, internet. Your Twitter? Are you on Instagram or no? I couldn't find your no, Instagram. No, no, okay. no, not. It's on it's Instagram got a, your Facebook. industry. I'm afraid. It's I've all been, Twitter. I've been scarred. <laughs> <laughs> I've been scarred. I can only master uh, one of them, and I'm been doing a good job of that. Uh, <laughs> well, hey man, you've done something right because your Twitter following I was looking is 120,000 strong. So yeah. you're doing something. Well, you're doing something. I mean, that, right. To me, that's reflective as much on on people. That's longevity there, too. There man. are yeah, there are Browns fans everywhere. Yes, there are. You know, we played, in, we played in London uh, against the Vikings this year, in, last year, and I met up with someone who, who's a Browns fan from Wales. And I did no a podcast kidding. with him. He met me in the hotel. Uh, he, he knew as much about the Browns as any fan here. Really? The current Browns. He didn't have a good yeah. history, you know. But he was, he was a guy in his uh, 30s, and uh, – he just loved the Browns. Just loved them. And, just loved and them. he follows some, the team through social media. I met somebody in uh, Turks and Caicos once, the, the the driver. Huge Browns fan. He it's had a amazing. Browns uh, like emblem on his hanging from his, you know, rearview mirror. Where's like, that? What? In Turks and Caicos. It's a it's Where an island that? out of I have no idea. <laughs> Can you it's find far. it on a map? It's far. Find it on yeah, a map. It, it's it's a nice little island, it, it, beautiful place. We went white to an all inclusive white sand oh. and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think that they even know what football is. That you know, football is like where you kick the ball for them, you know, most of these countries outside the United States. Yeah. But we were there, man. There's Browns fans, like you said, absolutely everywhere. Could you imagine if they won a title yeah, or even met, got to the – just were competitive. We, you know, just start we'll, – we'll take a com- competitive team. I mean, the right. fact that you've been covering this team for over 30 years and – or 30 – pick a nut, whatever it is, 35 years, let's call it. And in your 35th year, they go 0-16. Unbelievable. And, and before that, they've never went to a Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. for you to be able to stick with this team, I'm saying this really wholeheartedly, for you to stick with this team and cover them with the passion that you do, the the uh, commitment that you've put onto this team, I mean, there's not a human being that, that can say the same thing, man. And it, I, I think for you it's just it's just make us competitive so we yeah. can get back to those old days again. I, I've got too much invested. I want to enjoy in this to, career, you know. Yeah, to, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, to, I've, got, I've got too much invested. I mean, it's like – I. I feel as soon as I walk away, they're going to win. Right, exactly. You know, That's I'm what's gonna, gonna, and I'm going to be saying, no, no, I want my old <laughs> job back. Happens. You know, maybe people, re- maybe, maybe people would the like curse, that. <laughs> people would like that. I'm sure. I have I have a lot of 120,000 followers like, and about that many haters. You can't also. please everybody, right? Yeah, what, that, what kind of crap do you get on Twitter? That's what I don't like about Twitter, man. I mm-hmm. think well, for your business, you need to be on there because it's all news. Yeah. Fast, fast, fast. Uh, but we kind of, you get a lot of crap. On well, that, I on try to team, interact right? yeah. with with my followers because I, I it's part of, I like conduct my own talk show via Twitter sometimes right. and ask me a bronze question right, and and my answers sometimes tick people off or things I say in the radio and I have a lot of haters. I bl- I'm a blocker, man. I'm You'll a better block blocker yeah. than Joe Thomas ever was. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I've got like a 2,500 blocked account. Come on, yeah, that I, many? I, I, really? <laughs> 
<laughs> you just say, all right, there's a, there's, you'll, 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 you'll go back and forth with someone if it's, if it's collab, you know, if there's like some real like type of art I, no, discussion. I, I don't or, have any patience for going back. If I feel offended or insulted, I'll block. That's it. You're done. Yeah. You're done. You're on yep. the blacklist. Yep. That's and great. I hit that button with the final word and, and it's, it's. Complete. You'll get them last and that's it. <laughs> that's he who right. laughs last, laughs that's loudest, right. man. That's, that's what I've right. heard. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to put up with someone <laughs> insulting. I mean, you could go on a forum, you could go I on the know. bottom of that's my what stories sucks about and, it and you can, you can rip whatever you want but if someone has my follows me I, it's almost like having your cell phone yeah and having your ear you, and they're just texting you and they're texting mean you shit all day insults yeah, like, yeah you're right would, you way put to put up, it. would anyone Hell put up no. with that I, no. that's why I don't go on Twitter so, you know I just yeah. even when I used to be so when we were on Twitter um, I was one of the first when I was in the agent business. I was one of the first agents that was really using it, uh, you know, a lot back then. Nobody even really like ah, you know, they weren't sure about. I it. think you were encouraging me to go on Twitter back then. Did I? I think I did I actually. Think you did. You're the we blend. met. We met. Uh, it's my fault, folks. Yeah, because it's my I, fault. I was. Uh, all right, I was doing the Browns with Mary Kay Kay. You're exactly dealer, right. And she had been on that. Twitter about nine or ten months. And I'm like, I ain't going to do that. I did talk and to you then, about like, Panero when we had lunch. Yeah. That's crazy. You're like, you Sorry, everybody. This. Sorry that I I, 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 I unleashed so, the beast over here. on. Uh, <laughs> so I did. But, you know, I stopped it at that. I don't do Facebook. I don't yeah, do any, it's too much, else. man. It's too yeah. much. It's too yeah. crazy. But the thing about Twitter, even I was getting some of that. And I, was, I had a few thousand followers at the time. Nothing. Yeah. And then I started realizing, I mean, somebody, that's the problem with the Internet these days. There's a lot of benefits with it. Yeah. But on the downside of it is that anyone can pop into your little world at any given yeah. moment and say whatever they want. They're sitting there typing away, and they're doing nothing. I mean, half yeah. these people are probably – the ones that are really miserable are saying mean shit to you. Yeah. Or they're, or they're, they're bullying somebody or they're picking on someone, and they're sitting there doing nothing. And, and then, you know what I started doing? I, I have to interact with people. I can't resist not. And Twitter is also good where it's it's like a delivery system. It's how I it's deliver delivery, the yeah. links to my stories, mm -hmm. right? It's a, There are people all over the world who follow the Browns, and so they get it via my Twitter, a lot of them, some of them, whatever, 120,000. But sometimes there's been occasions where somebody really said something insulting, and I then you check on their profile, and they're like 12 years old, yes. 13 years old, and it's like, yes. why am I wasting my time? What am I doing, time? right? Yeah. 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 When you really, th and but it's uh, it's so hard to ignore it. Man. I know, it's so I hard can't. to not let it creep you in. You have to have a hard skin, and I thick skin after 30 some years. I, I really yeah. do have it. But how uh, many block counts do you think uh, Trump has? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could you yeah. imagine? You think you get a lot of hate? Yeah. Oh, Could but, you imagine? He's, he's a troller, though. I mean, he, I he don't will try too. To troll. Maybe he doesn't block anyone. I think it actually like fuels his fire. You know what? He's probably one of those guys that buys followers. You <laughs> think? <laughs> <laughs> he, he probably followers. buys a couple million. He's gonna buy some some extra followers before the next election, and uh, you know, yeah, he bought his way in. But, Man, but uh, uh, but it, it's it's it, crazy how much it's changed your industry too. It, yeah. it has, but but there are benefits to it. Like I said, yeah. delivering your stories and and getting your word out. News first. in real time. Yeah, news in real time. Yeah. I remember my dad when I was a kid. I was gonna bring this up earlier. He would run a, a fantasy football league. And every guess how the point scoring was. Every Monday he had to wait for your paper to come yeah, out and hand and right, go into the freaking you know yeah right. you'd have to go into the box score of every team and add up the points right that, of I every did that. player I went through that right yeah. I mean there was no other way to do it. We I did a baseball fantasy league uh, in the eighties where we did everything hand handwritten yeah. yeah there was no uh, Yahoo Sports yeah. ESPN draft none of this stuff. Now you get you're updated. Friends of mine are still on it now. The guy gets a hit and you're. It's up to the minute. Your, your team crazy. total has been adjusted. It's, it's yeah. insane. Who are some of your favorite guys that you've covered over the years? Uh, most of my favorites go back to the good times. You mm -hmm. know, the, the, all those guys in the eighties, uh, the late eighties: Kozar, Clay Matthews, Mike Johnson, uh, Biner and Mack, uh, Ridgey Langhorn, Slaughter. Yes, uh, it, was, was team, it was so different. Man. You had relationships. Dixon so. and Minifield. Do you ever yeah. those guys? Oh yeah, yeah, they were feisty. Top Dog and Mighty what, Mighty Mini. Mighty Mini and yeah. Top Dog. Yeah, uh, there's so many. I mean, that whole team. And those guys still live here. So many of them. Who was that wide receiver? Brennan. Brian. Brian Brennan's another Did one. Did he yeah. ever drop a ball? He was like no. our little Wes Welker back then, right? Exactly. He was the pre-Wes exactly. Welker before fact, Wes, Wes Welker existed. If, if anyone uh, suffered from the um, John Elway's drive, hmm. it was Brennan because Brennan's uh, catch uh, and touchdown would would have been the one that sent the Browns to their first Super Bowl. Wow. And it's been totally forgotten now after what Elway did. 
So um, oh, th- that was he caught that ball with like what a minute left? In, they, they, five minutes. Was it five minutes? And yeah. they started at what? They're one or they're on one, one or two yard line. One yeah. and a half. And they drove the and Elway drove down the field within five minutes to tie the game, and then they won a double. They won an overtime. Double but, overtime. But had not that occurred, Brennan's touchdown would have been legendary. the play. Yeah, legendary. Would have been, play. Would have been and like no Kyrie Irving shot in the NBA finals. You know? Wow. So, think about that. Where is he? Do you ever see these guys or talk to any of these guys? Yeah, a lot of them still live here. They are. I mean, Brennan still lives. Here and Reggie Langhorn and Kevin Mack is the only one who's affiliated with the Browns. Really, he works for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Hanford Dixon's still around. He does some. Uh, yeah, I've seen him a little bit. Media TV, for yeah. the Browns. Yeah, Bob Golick. You know, Bob Golick, of so, course. Uh, th- those are my fondest memories. Now, in this new era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Thomas was oh. uh, uh, can't be topped as a, sure. as, a, as a go-to guy for what I do and. I've never heard a bad thing about Joe Thomas. No. As a player and as a person. No. Once he opened up and and felt more comfortable with sharing his knowledge, even to, uh, as we call ourselves, hacks like us in the media, um, to me, the the, the best guys are the ones that could teach you something. You know, I'm a a writer. I'm not a football player. But you you learn from... You know more football than a lot of the guys working in front offices, I hate to say. And only when people are willing to share their knowledge. And and Joe was one of those guys who, who would. Yeah. Uh, so he was. Have uh, you ever wanted to do something else? No. Have you ever wanted to like go like work for the team or get involved in pro player personnel? No, no nothing no, like that. Never, no. never. I always knew my lane. I tried to stay in it. I, I thought I had a great. I've always had a great job. Yeah, you know, take, taking the pulse of the team. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, for the people, for for the readers, for the fans. You're definitely one of the faces of. Uh, <laughs> You're the face, man. You're one of the. You're the media face of this team, man. People know you all across this this city, uh, left and right. You know, you've 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 done something right. You're also a. Uh, you vote on the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee, yeah, correct? Yeah, I have for I, I don't know twenty years, twenty two years, something like that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I started doing that. Um, I think uh, right around the expansion era. Mm-hmm. So it's been about twenty years. Um, What's yeah. that? Is that a? Oh, that's uh, it's more work than you think. It's a great I would imagine responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're voting, uh, you're you're judging people. Yeah, I know. Right? It's and, and and you're affecting their lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and a major effect on their lives. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, you know, once you're a Hall of Famer, you're always a Hall of Famer, and right. you're always introduced for the rest of your life as Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. Yep. And, you know. Yep. Exactly. So it's a weighty responsibility, and it, and it takes a lot of. It's always, how many people vote on it. Well, they're up to forty-eight now. When, wow, you're and, one of forty-eight yeah, people. That's when I amazing. When I first started, it was like thirty-six. So they've tried to diversify and enlarge the committee. You know, I remember seeing a, a video a couple of years ago. I can't remember who did it, put the video out, but it was uh, when they were going behind the scenes to like let the guys know that they were getting the jacket. Yeah, that's David the, Baker, the big guy, the pre- yes. uh, president of the Hall was, of Fame. It was the Brett Favre year. Yeah, I saw this. Did you see the video? Yeah, it was yeah. several. It Knocks was emotional. On the door. They knock on the, on the, on the, the hotel yeah, on the doors of the hotel. Hey, you, that is such an amazing thing, man. That's it powerful, is. and you're and you're one of forty eight people that are impacting those decisions. Well, yeah, the, and that and is beautiful. When we when we get together, it's always the Saturday before the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, and it is it consumes the entire day. It starts at seven a.m. and now it's revealed live on NFL. Everything's yeah, like programming for the yeah. NFL. Uh, so so there is kind of a deadline where where they try to. Uh, you, you have to be done by a certain time. Otherwise, we'd still be debating on Terrell Owens <laughs> if, if they didn't say, hey, we need to. Like a, like a hung jury. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's gone over nine hours. Really? That, that meeting. Yeah. No and, kidding. And last, this past year went. Is eight, it all, pe- right? It's all media? or? Um, the, they're, uh, yeah, it's either uh, now, it used to be just writers. Now there's electronic, there's digital. Right, there's And there's also people. there's two members of the Hall of Fame now who are also media members, and those two are Dan Fouts and James Lofton. So that it's it's been an effort by the Hall of Fame committee to, to diversify the committee sure. and to, to bring new voices in there. And so we're up to 48. So there's 48, just imagine, I mean, 48 people not arguing but debating a candidate, and there's 15 candidates and 48 people are talking about them right. for the most part. You know, and how, and are, they pick, what, six? What's the number? There are five modern errors, and then there's three more that's special. There's a senior committee and then the contributor. Okay. They're kind of like voted on separately. So the, the the field is maxed out at eight. Oh, it's at eight yeah. maxed out. And yeah. there's five players, and now <coughs> coaches are considered 
contributors and you know wow wow so it's a it's a long man you've seen a lot of changes in this yeah. industry since you started yeah since you started there's been so many things that have changed from from just covering the team of course but just naturally the the media stuff the the way technologies work the way the teams probably treat media the way that you can interact with players what you can and can't say yeah. the the pitfalls of certain technologies all this stuff man and well, when I first started at Plain Deal, I wrote stories on typewriters. That is just so wild. And my kids people don't, don't believe you when you say that. You know that. Most people don't know they what don't, a typewriter <laughs> is. They don't. And I preserved one I used at college and, to show my kids. And it's almost it like a family it heirloom. Exists. It's not just a font in Microsoft Word, man. I, it's I, a I, real no, thing. And I made them sign an agreement. They will then hand it down to their kids. Oh, that's amazing, man. I see that, um, I see that you are... Getting into well, I don't know if you're getting into, but I see that you've been doing some draft coverage too, uh, oh, some, yeah. some pre-draft stuff. I saw a mock draft. Yep. So let's talk a little bit before we finish it up. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts about this team this year? Where do they need to go? Well, I'm feeling really good about the changes they made in their football. They've got football people now making football decisions. They've Imagine got, that. Yeah, it's amazing, right? <laughs> people that actually know what they're doing. Um, so, um, you know, the, the, the Sashi Brown, the previous GM left them in a great situation he really did i mean if, if you can if you could take away the suffering of 31 losses in 32 games and still having no quarterback uh it's not like the cupboard was bare because he's got all this cap room and all these sure, draft picks. Sure. so and john dorsey the new gm has has been filling in the blanks prior to the draft very so, active yeah so very that's active. all going to come down to the quarterback i mean their plan is not to have this quarterback play in 2019. I think they're going to pick Sam Darnold, okay. number one. And it may be Josh Allen, uh -huh. but I'm pretty sure it, it's leaning towards yeah. Darnold. Okay? Mm -hmm. But they've, they've made up the plan where they have a veteran. Now they acquired Tyron, Ta Tyrod Taylor from Buffalo. They also picked up a, a veteran named Drew Stanton, who will then kind of babysit the rookies. Sure. Redshirt. Serviceable backup, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And teach them. Sure. What the coaches can't do. Michigan teach State, I think, played at yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. 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 And he's been pretty good at Arizona as a as a mentor. Exactly. So I that that whole that whole plan is so obvious and logical, but you know, last year they went into the season with three quarterbacks who had never won a game in the NFL before. What were the chances of them winning a game? They we got rid of everyone, right? Yeah. I read your little piece. Yeah, they yeah. got rid of all these guys. First this time ever anyone's treated that's three quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, You're got, talking about Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, right. Cody Kessler, and uh, Kevin Hogan. They're all gone. They're all Just gone. like that. Yeah. Wow. So that, to wow. me, it's encouraging that they have someone who knows, hey, that position's pretty important, whereas for two years the previous people were saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll wait. We'll get the quarterback when we're ready. So they're not going to go Barkley, you don't think, at, at one, the running back? No. No, okay. I don't think at one and maybe not even at four. Right. Which would be if he's even there at four, but yeah, if he's there, uh, people are going to be upset about that. Really, you don't think that? Yeah, yeah. you think they're going defensive end well, at four? I saw if he's available. Okay, if, if Chubb, uh, the kid from NC State. You know, I wish I, I wish I could say I've been keeping up with this draft stuff like you I used put to. In your man. It's, yeah, mirror, it's been you? filed away for a little yeah. while. I've uh, got I a lot of other stuff, that. but I, you know, I try to follow a little bit. But, yeah. So you think they're going to go defense if they can at four? Um, if if they that go player is there, and if he's not there, they might go cornerback at four. Okay. Um, or they may trade down. Is there a chance that that Ward kid can go that high or no? Um, I, th I th There's a chance, yeah. But I think he would be a target if they get an offer at four and they move Slide down, down a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to it's move reaching. down yeah. like last year when they moved down from what uh, they moved down from 12 to 25. And you pass wow. up 13 pretty good players, you know. They do. And so they, they passed up a lot of good players yeah. every single year, man. Every single year. That draft with with Manziel, too, with the, oh. some of the talent that they they, they passed up yeah, in that all those draft. quarterback. Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Bridgewater, who's hurt Those now. guys were all all there yeah. that they could have had. Yeah, huh? that was the last. Because uh, they drafted Gilbert, who has been a complete. <sighs> he's out of football. He's out of football yeah. already. Jeez, what a draft so class. Johnny. What were your thoughts about that draft class? Were you excited or were you no, pessimistic? I, I was, well, uh, when they drafted Manziel, it was, uh, uh, I was uh, our guy, WKNR's guy at the draft. And they made, they, made, they made the announcement, Browns draft Johnny Manziel. And my mouth hit the ground. I was so shocked and stunned. 
And, That's you know, hilarious. You can't do that on radio. Right. So I was like, <laughs> you're like, oh, shoot. Are we, what uh, am I saying? Uh, you know, this is impossible that they drafted him. Yeah. So yeah. I knew that wasn't going to turn out. It but was, I never thought it would turn out as bad. You didn't as think did. that Gilbert would be out. I mean, at least yeah. I, I see Manziel trying to come back. I mean, Gilbert's nowhere to be found. Unbelievable. Huh? Yeah. That they, is they, wild. Didn't, they didn't even meet with the guy before the wasn't draft. Wasn't that Odell Beckham? He was draft? in that draft, yeah. We could have had Sammy Beckham Watkins, at seven or yeah. eight, whatever that was. Yep, Sammy Watkins was in that draft. Khalil Mack. Gee, there's a studs in this yeah. in that first These round, are man. Because a lot of half your first rounders are bust, anyways. Yeah, that was a great draft. That was I a mean, good league wide. Yeah. yeah, except ev- great for everyone with the Browns. Wow, you know, Garoppolo is going to be the next big thing. He's like the highest paid guy now, right? And he was in the second round, so they passed on him. Wow, Manziel, Manziel was the second quarterback taken after. Uh, Blake Bortles, who yeah. isn't even the best of the bunch. If the Browns don't draft the quarterback this year. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. We'll never. You we'll never, never know, man. Win. Never say never. Know, you never know. know with the Browns. You know, man. I said that know. once. I got to tell you a quick story. It's a legend in the, in the media. Um, Please. This was a uh, Butch Davis was the coach uh-huh. in one of his years, 2003 or four. I think it was a 2003 draft. And he had been concealing his draft intentions really well. And, and none of us in the media really knew what he was going to do with that pick. Mm-hmm. And so just, we're all in the media room waiting for the Browns' turn to come. And we're banning all these names about, it's going to be this guy, it's going to be that guy. Somebody says, it's going to be that center, Jeff Fain. And I stood up and I said, if they draft a center, I will walk out of here and <laughs> never be back. And don't you know what they draft? Hey, who do they draft? Jeff Fain. <laughs> And you said, here you are, what, so uh, I shouldn't make 14 years later, right? Yeah. You know, I, I did not hold to my word at that time. <sighs> so, so back to the Browns. They need to go quarterback, in your opinion, uh, Absolutely. at one. They need to go Even though he's not probably going to play. Ideally, he wouldn't play. you break right. him in slowly. Give him a year. Yeah. Give him a year and then, and then work him in. Yeah. We've waited this long, folks. We could wait one more year. Yeah, do it right. Do it right. Just build right. You're not going to go from zero to hero overnight. You're not going to go win. You know, you're not going to go to the playoffs next year. Let's call it what it is. There's a strong chance, even though they've made some good moves this offseason. What do you think about the moves like Hyde and Landry and some of these guys? Well, they had to get older. I mean, they had they had too young of a team. It's yeah. incredible. They were too young in every single critical area. Those guys couldn't win that way, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the older guys knew it. So they'd walk into every game knowing they weren't going to win. Right. Um, so they had to populate the team with older players. Not Thirty-year-olds. These guys are mostly twenty-five, twenty-six. Right. They We're talking in. old. You're talking guys that have been around just for like four or five years. Yeah. 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 Into their second contracts. Yeah. You remember those? That's Absolutely. where you guys That's really the, pray. Those are the fun parts, man. <laughs> you saw Andy's done a nice job with the McCourty He's, brothers he really and has. some of these other guys. And, uh, yeah. You know. uh, Jason, uh, know, who played here last year, I was really surprised. He had a great year for us. Yeah. One little shining star on defense. Was, yeah. Was McCourty. Yeah. He might have been leaking oil at the end because he never expected to play many snaps. Because they cut Joe Hayden. In yeah, camp. exactly. But he um, had a, he had a good season for us. I thought. He did. Yeah, I he mean, for the did. first half of the season, he was one of the best. Play- well, he was one of the best players on defense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so they populated the team with these older players, and and uh, it's mostly confidence and faith that they, they know what they're doing. Right. You know? And right. it's not just John Dorsey he hired guys from Green Bay who've been doing it for a lot of years mm-hmm. and been successful. They they hired Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, who I think that was a great hire. He's and, a stud. Yeah. No, people, he used to be the head coach at Kansas Arizona. City. Oh, Arizona. No, no, no. Kansas, Kansas City, right? City, right? He, yeah. He was OC yeah, yeah. at uh, Arizona when he's Warner a tough, was He's a good coach. He's a good coach. Yeah. Still relatively young, too, I think. Yeah. You know? and, and he's got a background in, in scouting. His dad was a longtime scout. So I, right. that, that was a really good hire. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged. I, I think this is I this think is the exciting. turnaround is, definitely is, looking, not, is not far away. There's some good moves. What if on draft day the dark horse move is they do a trade somehow for Beckham? Beckham Jr. Is there any uh, chance of that? Uh, I don't think so, no. I, no? I thought the only way Beckham would be traded would be to the Rams, and then they That's traded heard, for yeah. Brandon Cooks. And I think the Giants are too smart to give him away. Yeah, no you matter know? what. And no right? one's going to pay. Yeah. Is he worth two number ones? I don't think so. Yeah, you'd have to give up a lot, right? Yeah, and the Browns have got, the space and, and the, the, the they do. picks to do and it. They if got they his bus buddy already. Jarvis That's what I'm saying. Landry, the they Landry, have his, they the LSU have his connection coach. I'm Henry. telling you, there's been crazier yeah. things that have happened on draft day. Yeah, you know? you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be pretty wild. Yeah, but, but, I think Browns fans would be pretty pumped up about yeah, that. Yeah, but actually. in order to do that, you're giving up Darnold. You're giving up a lot. Giants want would want Darnold. Okay, so can you settle for one of the others? 
Um, I'm sure they could because I think Allen is very much in their conversation, but uh, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, no, no. That that's one of those. Yeah. That's one that, of those wow moments. Yeah, that, they got to pay what sixty million to two receivers. Two receivers. Each? Yeah, that's, and they both play together, and, yeah. and, and one of them's got some character yeah. issues. It obviously. would be a great fantasy yeah. team. Yeah. Yes, it but would. it never yes, works it out that way. Never, right? never, man. Um, so anyways, I do appreciate you coming here, man. This is great to reconnect with you. Last time I saw you, like you said, maybe a chance encounter at Walgreens. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. A, a lunch at Panera led to 120,000 followers on Twitter, though, yeah. man. That was, um, that was great advice. I had to catch up to the time. <laughs> and look at you now, man. You're doing <laughs> yeah. you're doing great. What yeah. do you see? Are you planning on sticking around doing this for quite a while still, huh? Following well, this I God willing, yeah. I Once they win a Super Bowl, folks, he's gone. He's yeah, gone. That's yeah. You're going to finish on a high note, you know? I would like to go out that way, but... I no, hope for your no, sake no, that while you're still covering this team, that they at least that they at least go to a Super Bowl, like you said. We're not yeah. asking for the whole thing. Just go. Yeah, just well, go, guys. At this point, I take for a, Tony. I would take a win, number one, <laughs> a road win, number two. Uh, right, just a win. They called it last year. They're looking for small victories. When was the last time they had a road win? Three years ago? In Baltimore, like three years ago. Three years ago. When Josh McCown had his big game. But I I want to leave you with the impression that this is torture. The the job is still fun. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It beats beats the heck out of me. No, it's a great lifestyle. And and, uh, to be able to take the pulse, and I just wish they would win. It's so much more fun. And and everyone is, is fun. Uh, in that locker room when they're winning. Oh, yeah. You, you build relationships. It's a whole, different, it's a whole yeah. different thing with the media, too, I would imagine. The interactions are yeah, so much different. And, and the rules are different. But yeah, uh, yeah, I would yeah. think they would be relaxed if they won and you could still have relationships. But now, you know, those guys, they see us and they represent, you know, losing. You're always asking negative questions. Right. Because there's nothing positive. No doubt. You know, no so, doubt. I know. So that, that would change everything. But still, it's a fantastic job. Yeah. And you know what? You're one of the best at it, man. So <laughs> Thanks. continue doing Thank it. You. And uh, people can reach you again. On Twitter, it's just Tony Grossi. At Tony Grossi. Okay. And uh, Catch him out on the ESPN website Cleveland. at ESPNCleveland.com. And then on the radio, WKNR, 850. And we'll link these up in the podcast yeah. notes. And then our subscription service is called thelandondemand.com. And that's 100 years pod I have on that, which is strictly oh, busy man. like you do. You're a busy man, my friend. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. This is fun to reconnect with you. Uh, Sam Darnold at number one, and who's the guy for that you're predicting? Right now, I'm saying Bradley Chubb, but I have three more mock drafts to go. <laughs> that could change, and right? So my, oh, I'm only standing by my final prediction, which is the day of the, the day draft. of. But as of today, it's Sam Darnold and Bradley Chubb. You yep. heard it here with Tony Grossi. The draft is on April 26th. April 26th, and that's a Thursday night. Right. Hey, man, we'll stay in touch. Thanks Very for coming. Good. Thanks. Thank Thanks you. for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks. And thank you for listening to a, another episode of The Optimal Life. Really appreciate the support. And uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to and enjoy what you're hearing, as always, please click subscribe and give us the five-star rating so we can continue to elevate the podcast within Apple Podcasts and everywhere else that the podcast is played and provided. And uh, leave us a comment. Leave us feedback. You could. Uh, we're always open to feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So uh, you know, we want to do whatever we can to improve the show. And if there's something that we're missing, then let us know. You could reach me also on Instagram at Nathan Haber. And uh, again, I know that you have a lot of listening options these days. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people sharing different things. So if you are listening to this podcast, and if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, from the bottom of my heart, I want to just say thank you. Uh, Very grateful for that, and uh, we're going to continue providing you guys with the best content possible so that we can continue to live an optimal life and be our optimal and best selves. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.